Hello, all of you wonderful people out there. Welcome to Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And I'm Lee. And today we're going to be discussing the 2020 film Tenet, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. I lost my notes. Written and directed <laughs> by Christopher Nolan, starring John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, and Elizabeth Debicki. Debicki? Debicki? Debicki. Debicki. Um, so, what a movie. <laughs> yep. What a movie this was. Um, fair warning. I wish I wrote down. <laughs> I really wish I wrote down. Because my, my wife came in when I was finishing it, right? There was like, she came in, it was the last 10 minutes of the movie or so, and she's like... So what was the movie about? I'm just like, um, it's a Chris Nolan film. Exactly. It's, it's, and it's, she's it's, like, yeah, what's it about? I'm just like, it's about Christopher Nolan making a film <laughs> that Christopher Nolan likes to make. Okay, so that's one of the big things about this movie. Uh, right up front, right up front, this movie is going to take multiple views from everybody to even begin to remotely... Not understand, but really grasp the true meaning of it. I have seen it once, and the second time that I saw it, there were other things going on, so please forgive me. I think you have only seen it once, straight through? Yeah, I, I watched it once, straight through. Um, I tried watching a little bit more of it yesterday, and then we ran into something, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm still not getting the answers I was hoping in my second viewing so far. So, moving on. So just, yeah, let me, we'll, we'll we'll have fun with this. We'll talk about it from what we got out of it. So the way that we usually go through movies, we usually go through everything linearly. Not the well. case with this movie, <laughs> which is absolutely fantastic. So what I propose, <laughs> what I propose for this episode, is we just kind of have a conversation about it and pick at some major plot points and go from there and mm -hmm. see what kind of conversations we have. That way, we're not struggling to find out, you know, something to say next. Mm -hmm. Um. First thing I wanted so, to mention. First thing I wanted to mention. Uh, the music in this movie, done by Ludwig Garrison, phenomenal job oh, okay. on his part. I did not miss Hans Zimmer at all. I can't imagine what this movie would have sounded like if Hans Zimmer did do this. It would have been more. I epic. can. It would probably. It would probably sound pretty similar to this. Really? You think so? This is. Oh yeah, because this guy was clearly taking some pages out of Zimmer's book. Huh. Um. I'm listening to it go. I'm just like, hmm. Like if this is not Zimmer. They uh, they understand exactly what Christopher Nolan wants, which is Zimmer. So, eh. yeah. Eh. Okay, fine. I guess. I guess I'll let you have that one. I didn't get that. Well, I thought yeah. there was. I thought. I mean, I, I, I even wrote there in there Zimmer, and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't him." Wow, no. I'm kind of surprised. Okay. I, the, the first note I said when the when the movie first started up, I go, "Oh, oh Zimmer's here." <laughs> that that was right it right off right off the bat. Well, it's the kind of it's the kind of thing you get and. Right now, before we even get started, full spoiler warning for this movie. As a matter of fact, full spoiler warning for this and almost everything else that Christopher Nolan has done. Whatever is in his filmography, we're going to talk about here because there's definitely mm -hmm. some other things going on. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I wanted to bring up is the way the time travel is used in this movie. It's the obvious, you know, big thing about it. I think right. the concept of, of time travel in this movie is lightning in a bottle. And I also mm -hmm. think that it's going to be copied throughout the rest of cinema. This was right. amazing. The way that it was utilized, normally when you mm -hmm. see time travel, it's we're traveling back in time to a fixed point or we're traveling forward to a fixed point and it's usually years of gap. And when you do movies like that, like we've noticed with Every time travel movie, there is so much margin for error. Go ahead and mm -hmm. pick whatever favorite time travel movie you have, and there is a problem with the time travel in that movie, even Endgame. Oh, yeah. So this, however, uses time travel very cleverly, where you're inverting time. So whatever mm -hmm. fixed place that you're in, you enter into the device, and it inverts you, and now you're moving backward from that point. So it mm -hmm. narrows the scope of what you can actually do, which I think is really clever. Like I think more, I right. think I think mm -hmm. more writers need to challenge themselves in that aspect. You know, when you mm -hmm. when you blow the door open and you just have endless possibilities in front of you, 
it creates a lot of room for you to mess up. But when you take everything and you put it in this narrow scope, you have to mm-hmm. pay strict attention to detail. And in this, attention to detail is key. It's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to talk about. So you not only have to pay attention to what's going on while you're moving forward, you have to pay attention to what's going on while you're moving backwards along the same, the same timeline, which I think is amazing. The, the, right. just, it was incredible. How did you feel about the time travel, first of all? So I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a very interesting concept. At first, we're, sh- we're showing bullets going back, and I'm like, okay, how does this come into play? So I mean, the way that the, the trailer made this movie, it didn't explain enough. So when people are like, well, just tell me what it's about, though. Like, I, I know, you know, it's, it's this, and I know you're telling me that it's a Christopher Nolan film, but what, what's it about? I'm just like, did you watch the trailer? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that pretty much explains the whole movie. <laughs> because you're still left with so many questions and it's this movie is a great way as you said because this this will <clears throat> can lead to some other ideas and things that kind of come off from it to kind of whet your appetite for a new type of time travel mm-hmm. theory you know i love the fact that you're not getting into a space and time machine something that brings you to any point you put in your destination area all you're doing is manipulating the way the time moves right around you so the weird thing at that point is you're basically making a mirror of yourself you're going into something and you're creating a mirror and just like in a mirror everything is reversed right well not reversed so much it's flipped but in here they're not just changing the image but they're changing the way that time works around you so um it was it was definitely difficult to explain to somebody i'm like you just have to watch the movie I was talking to somebody yesterday on my worship team, and she's like, you seen Tenet? And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, and we're going to be doing a podcast about it. She goes, I'm adding you right now. So, hey, we have a new fan. Yay. Um, but she was, like, really excited because she hasn't been able to talk to anybody about this movie, and she's so confused, but she's also so intrigued in wanting to hear other people's theories about it. And I'm like, you know what? As much as I'd love to have this conversation with you right now, I need to save up my energy and my excitement for black and white commentaries or black right. and white reviews. So... Feel free to listen to us in a couple of days. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely thought it was a very interesting take. I'm excited to see where they go. Um, if, they, if they try to go... I, I, don't, I don't see Nolan making a sequel, but I, I, I'm interested in seeing what this sparks as if far as sci-fi is, movies. If, if there is a movie in his filmography that deserves a sequel, it's this. True. Especially and... True. Uh, so one of the thing, another thing that I want to do is I kind of want to jump all over the place while talking about this movie. The I mean, character he does do sequels. I mean, he does do dark. He did the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm not know? counting just, the so Dark Knight. Tr- I'm not <laughs> counting the Dark Knight trilogy because he didn't create the characters. Because he didn't create the character, and that the Dark right. Knight trilogy is more big budget Hollywood than it is Nolan. Right. When I, I think Nolan, when I think Nolan, I think Interstellar, I think Inception, I think Insomnia, I think The Prestige, M- Memento. Those are Memento, Nolan yep. films. No, those are Nolan films. And now we have Tenant. And more about Tenant. This is the most Nolan-y film that Nolan has created. Okay, now to re- just to re- so you understand, Tenant is so named because it's one of those. What's it, a palindrome? Palindrome. Is that the word I'm the looking for? Same forward and the same backwards. Yeah. Right. It's just like my daughter's name. So uh, I, I like that. It's simple because she'll not misspell her name. It's nice and easy. But um, with that, please be sure that you're pronouncing it tenet, not tenant, because tenant. tenant is not a palindrome. <laughs> okay, fine. Tenant. Whatever. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyways. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you told me to correct you, man. And this is I know. Happen no, all you the can. Time. Absolutely. I <laughs> mispronounce things all the time. If you want to correct me, correct me. I don't care. <laughs> oh, anyways, this is the most Nolan film that Nolan has ever done. So it, exactly. it's almost. It's so almost, now we have a new, a new word, Nolan y. Nolan y. It is Nolan esque. We've discovered a new word. No, it's. It, it, it's, it's a new element. It's a new element. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, I could say Nolanian, kind of like Kubrickian. So Nolanian, but that doesn't sound right. So Nolany, whatever. This is the most Nolany film that Nolan has created, in my in my opinion. Also, in my opinion, I think this is one of his best. To be honest, mm. I mm-hmm. like this a lot better than I liked Interstellar. I'll get that so out of the way right now. I, I, I agree did with not, you. Like Interstellar, 
Interstellar opened up a lo- like a much more of an opportunity for you to be like, huh, okay. Like Inception obviously was a really great idea the mm-hmm. way they did it, but it was you 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 understood completely. Okay, it's dreams within dreams and this and that and blah blah blah, whatever. But in um, Interstellar, I know that you think it's it's you were like it's very Hollywood, very like spoon fed right to you, Spielbergian in yes. that sense. But um, the concept was still very very interesting you know the way like he's traveling he's he's not traveling through time but he's able to kind of be in an area where he's able to see all time at the same time and that's why he was playing with the books like really really interesting yeah but i think because that was successful you know nolan took that and said you know what people actually enjoyed that i'm gonna make the whole movie like that just like this whole big thing but the cool thing about tenet is it still leaves so many questions to me, like I has, I still have a lot of questions about this. So, what are some and of the questions that you have? I'm just curious. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, why were there three of him when they were in um, that Rotus place? The Rotus three of him. Place. So, yeah, when they were in that Pentagon-shaped, you know, vault place, and he's out there, and he and Robert Pattinson. Oh, I remembered his name. I usually just call him Sparkly Vampire. Um, when, when they're, when he's fighting his reverse self, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, um, when he's, yeah. when he's fighting his reverse self and Robert Pattinson's also fighting another one of him, that was at the same time. So why are there literally three of this character in there at the same time? Where did the third one come from? It's not, no, there aren't three of them. It's, it's the pair. It's, it's, first of all, the protagonist is all that's ever credited to John David Wash, uh, Washington. Did you notice that? Right. And I thought that was really clever. So anyways, I took that mm. scene as Neil and the protagonist are there twice. So Neil No, the, I didn't see I didn't Neil no, and the, Neil, no. Neil and the protagonist are standing there they and they put the black riot gear on. That's Neil and Who the protagonist. Who got shot in the arm? The protagonist. Okay then. So here's here's my issue with that then. Cuz Robert Pattinson's character, Neil he goes and he's fighting one guy and he takes off the guy's mask and sees that it's the protagonist. Yes. But we also know that the protagonist is fighting himself on the other side of that same hallway. So there are three of the protagonist at that moment. The fight ended. No, he, it was still going it, on. No, it wasn't, man. The fight ended. So the, so the two protagonists, they're in, they're in, a, they're in a fight. And then oh, oh, okay. the prota- protagonist, yes. And then the protagonist with the riot gear on gets sucked under the door because time is reversing. Right. No, I understand. Well, not that. sucked under the door, but he goes under the he goes but, under the cargo door, and he's in the other room now. That's when him and Neil have their encounter. Mm, okay, I'll just take your word for it. I just I I felt like it was confusing because there's two of them now. So when I first saw them there fighting them, I said, "Oh, that's just the future them, or something." Exactly. But in reality, it's just a future him, just one of him. Well, Neil is so, there too. Neil is there too, but there's but there's not a reverted or an inverted Neil. There's only an there's only an inverted protagonist. No, they're both inverted. No. Yes, they are. They're both inverted. So they okay. No, so no, no. Whole, that's my point. Because he whole... was he was fighting himself. The protagonist was fighting himself, and Neil was fighting another protagonist as well. That's my point. There was no there was no inverted Neil in the building. Yeah, he didn't go back in there again. Only the protagonist went back in there again. They're in the Okay, so they all go through the machine to become inverted. They do, but Neil never walks back in that building when he's re- when he's inverted. He's in the riot gear walking Only back the in the building. No, he didn't Anyway, whatever. I guess we'll move on. But that's my confusion. That's where I'm getting lost. So maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe we're both wrong or both right. I don't know. But that's the whole point. This movie has so many different questions that just don't make sense to me. That's why I want to watch this movie like seven times before we even consider trying to understand it. Um, and I'm not and I'm not saying this because generally we're able to pick up a movie like this pretty well. I love anything to do with time travel or time manipulation. It's generally my thing. I'm very excited to discuss it. But there were a lot of questions that came up in here, and that was a big one. Um, I, I'm also confused at 
how uh, did I miss something or was it never explained how uh, uh, Seder got the technology? Like, I know that he found the nuclear you know, weapons there, that he found the plutonium. And then he that's found how he the got first his money. Piece. He found the first piece. I think uh-huh. the, the, idea, the idea behind what the device is is an algorithm. The right. idea behind the device is that it's scattered. So whoever in the future uh-huh. built this thing realized what they built, and then they wanted to destroy it. So they scattered the pieces and, you know, buried them around, you know, plutonium or whatever to, in the hopes that people how? would stay away from it. How? I have no idea. <laughs> that's, what, that's my question. Okay, I have, how? I have absolutely like, That part no seemed idea. like it missed. Okay. That makes so, total sense. That's why <laughs> that's why I say if there's any movie in Nolan's discography that deserves a sequel, it's this. Because I absolutely want to see the other with. side. Now, if you have somebody if you have multiple people or somebody or a team and they're moving backwards in time, the whole idea so the whole idea behind the pincer, which we see twice in this movie, we see it in the car chase fight and we see it in the end big, you know, gunfight battle thing, right? And mm-hmm. it's, the idea that, it's the idea that the same person or two teams are, one's moving forward and one's moving backwards, right? And right. they're relaying information to one another to ensure that they're successful. Right. You have something in the future that's moving backwards in time that Seder happened to pick up on, and that's how he was able to become successful. It's how he was able to become as rich as he is. Right, right. There's so I agree it's with just, you. There's something. There are pieces there that I think are missing. Mm-hmm. That's why this movie deserves a sequel, in my opinion. Right. So I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. There was there was the line that uh, Priya came up with, or what she was saying. She's like, "Yeah, well, it's obviously very easy to communicate with the future. You know, you can just leave something somewhere, and the future gets it right because things are moving. But right. the question is, can the future speak back? It's like, well, if they're inverted and they're going backwards and then they connect with you, yes, that's how the future can speak back. I think Okay. I, th- I think this was kind of explained in the beginning where you have mm-hmm. the scientist who's explaining what inversion is and how right. and how to manipulate the bullets. Right. It wasn't right. flat out said, but I think it's intent. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with intent and commitment. So you have to intend to move an object. And then commit to moving that object. That way you eventually do move that object. And then you're able to manipulate something that was inverted so that you can just, you know, move it around through time or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is going on. Yeah. So if you have people. Hmm. Say you have a lineage in the past and your granddaughter intends to do something. Or you're ensuring that your granddaughter does something in the future. With the idea of what a, the pencer is in this movie, you could effectively change something that's happening now. <laughs> or even... In, I, it's, it's, it's a very weird thing to, to maneuver through. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very, very strange. But, I mean, a lot of it... I don't know it's it's what makes this more it's what makes this movie better for me is that I have so many questions because I know that there's a point like Nolan doesn't just make a film and then just say ha make up some baloney and then move away from it he generally has an entire idea of how this happened why it's happening and what he's getting at it would be a big slap in the face to everybody if he just left us like this this major like mess and didn't explain it so I like this because it's it's kind of a puzzle you know that I'm going to be working out for a while Mm-hmm. And I I think that's why he made it this way. And if he does come back with a sequel or something to it, or ooh, maybe it's maybe it's, maybe it's technically going to be a prequel. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? That's pretty. Maybe it's an inverted movie. Maybe maybe we see it from the exact opposite direction. <laughs> We're watching it inverted first, and then we start seeing. Ah, uh, uh, see, we can get in some really cool ideas here, and I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him at all. So, I mean, that's what makes me kind of excited for it. I, the first the first night I watched it, I was like, just left with so many questions. Two days, and you know, like, just then right afterwards, I thought about it, and I'm like, that was really interesting, and I think I have a good handle on it. But then watching it again yesterday, I was like, huh, no, I guess I don't, because 
I got I got really hooked on that whole three of him thing. Like I don't understand that, and I'm just gonna have to watch it again till I get it. Maybe I missed something, and I and I'll get it in my my uh my next run through it to see what your point was. I just I don't see it, but could just be a bad memory thing. So I think um, the key. I think one of the big keys in this movie is Neil. Hmm. And unfortunately, we don't know very much about him. That could be no, just we don't. That could just be Nolan not. He's never really done characters well. He's always he's always been mm. very good at concepts and plots when it comes to characters. Yeah, and they just kind of show up already. Already, exactly. Built. The characters when, already built up when they. And show I'm up. thinking, and I'm and I'm even even something as brilliant as Inception. There's very mm-hmm. little character development going on in that movie. It's all about the plot. It's all about the concept of dreams. Mm-hmm. And he's been he's been he's been doing that his entire career. So I don't even know. I don't even know what a a a, a character driven movie from him would look like, mm-hmm. but I do think the key yeah, here a very is Neil. Good point. I do think the key. I do think the key to this movie is Neil, and it's even even more of a reason that I think this deserves somewhat of a sequel because there is a huge theory that the child Max and Neil are the same person. Oh wow! Wow, that's and, a cool and theory. And it's and it's a, and it's a thi- I forget I read it somewhere on Reddit. I forget the username and I apologize if if it, this ever gets big and somebody listens to it. I do apologize. I completely forget where I exactly I read it. But that's a huge theory and it's one that I do subscribe to because Neil knows more about the protagonist than we as the audience do and we are living this movie through the protagonist's eyes. Right, it but is, we also know that the protagonist is the one who set everything in motion, the future version of him, the future self. Because that's what he said. He's like, you sent me, you, you ex- got me hired. Mm, so yeah, it's, okay, <clears throat> I, didn't, mm, I didn't think of it like that. Well, that's what he said at the end. So I, I mean, that's what, but, but still, that, that still doesn't um, make, you make your, the theory there null and void. Like, it still means that that still could be the case, that they're connected in that way, and that could be Max. So. I'm I'm not saying it's not. Again, I definitely want to rewatch this film and get more, uh, more thoughts into those those theories. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna re I'm gonna rewatch this movie three or four times in in the coming. If it wasn't months. two and a half hours long, I I would it's have rewatched it three times already. It's, it's like a it's like one. oh man, it just keeps going, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'd say like the one thing that I think Chris Nolan does, I mean, if you don't want me kind of jumping off for a second, I'm just talking about his style. Go ahead. One thing that he does really well is he's really good at the heist scenes. Like that's yeah. his big thing. Like every time he makes a movie, there's some kind of heist mission going on. And he's really, he really has that down. It's really well done. Um, you know, you see it in Inception, you see it in, like, my favorite, my favorite thing is just that opening of, uh, of The Dark Knight, you know, where, where we get the Joker revealed, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like, no, 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 I killed the bus driver. You know, that whole scene is like, do you have any idea who you're dealing with? You and your friends are dead. Like, that whole scene is just, it's well written, it's well shot, it's well executed. Just the, the amount of effort that goes into planning. Like, this guy, like, hey. If if something gets robbed and they never find out who did it, who did it, I'm gonna say I bet you it was Chris Nolan. And I'm talking about real life. Like I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> he's he's got everything planned out. Like he's done his research, and he really plans things out very well to see it and to see it executed so like flawlessly in a movie. It's great. We see it again here, where you know after this character gets his teeth ripped out and everything, and then he yes. like. You know, fake kills himself, wakes up and everything in the hospital, and you finds out the whole thing's a test, you know. Um, he's he's over there um, hanging out in one of those um, windmill generators, right, out in the out in the, the ocean there. And then the ship goes by, and it's it just shows, like, the training and the understanding of, like, this is how you work if you're in the CIA. You just do this, you know, you just walk through things, and things just happen around you because there's a mission, there's a plan— it was really amazingly executed, you know, to not make it look like any other James Bond film where, you know, you're going somewhere, you're sneaking around, you come up with the plan, you go. Like, it, the plan was, everything was set up around him. Even the whole thing with the plane crash just to set the fire alarms off and, you know, send off the the the, the gas there to put out the fires. Like, all of it, excuse me, all of it was put together in a, in a really interesting way. But one scene stuck out, 
one shot, so simple, but it just like it it affected me both times I watched it. He gets off the boat and starts walking. A guy he steps out of the car, and and like instantly, the guy barely misses walking past him by like three inches. He gets in the car, presses the GPS, and drives off. Mm. What a handoff! You know yeah. the whole. Everything that he did was this perfectly flawless, flawlessly executed handoff in this, in this scene here. You know, how he gets off the boat, he gets in the car, he drives over there, he gets there, and then he starts talking. It's like, wow, the amount of planning that goes into it is just brilliant. It is. Timing, perfectly timed things. And that's what makes this great. So that's what I, I, I love about Christopher Nolan's detail. He does detail like this, when you, and you almost go like, there's no way that would happen in real life. I'm just like, hey, I'm pretty sure if he can think of it, others have thought of it, and that's probably what goes on with some of these government agencies. I think, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of what Nolan does well, and I think this is what you're trying to say, he does chaos very well. Mm. When, you mm-hmm. have, when you're in these situations, like a lot of The Dark Knight, like almost all of Inception, there are a million mm-hmm. moving pieces going on all at once, but they just come together so soft. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, everything, there's a, there's everything a, uh, fits together so perfect. I saw an image. It was a video of traffic in I don't even know what country, and it was a four-way intersection, right? Mm-hmm. And all the cars are just driving. None of them are hitting each other, but they're mm-hmm. all driving. And I'm like, how is this happening? Like they're yeah. all just driving through. They're taking their turns. They're going forward. None of them got into an accident. But there's no, there's no traffic lights, and I was like. How is that even possible? You know, I try to drive down the street and I almost get hit by five people just driving down the street, you know, when I have the right of way. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what's going on here? Then you see something like this where it's executed so beautifully. I, I just it just blows my mind that that could possibly exist. You know, chances are the video I watched was a forgery, you know, but whatever. Um, yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned the beginning of this movie, and I want to talk about Neil for a second because he's at the beginning of this movie. If you noticed the um the orange tag that's hanging out of his bag, yes, that's his identifier. So he's at the beginning yes. of this movie, and then he's at the end of this movie. He's the body at the end that just. This is where I got confused because when I first mm-hmm. watched this movie, I could have sworn that okay, that's Neil, and he's laying on the ground in front of this elevator, and he's dead. And then he just mm-hmm. zips back to life and he's able to take a bullet and then immediately dies again. Mm, That's yep. where I got a little confused. So I was like, yep. okay, so it, because it's almost like he was inverted and not in the same scene without much of anything else interfering. That was the only right. part of this movie where I got really like, wait a minute, what just happened? I have to, okay, I, I, there was something along the line that I thought that I missed. And especially when you get to the very end and he's like, well, no, I have to go back because I have to, you know, save you. Somebody has to be able to take that bullet. It just brought up a couple of more questions like, "Okay, how are you how are you performing both tasks at the same time? Mm -hmm. That's the only place where I got really like it kind of threw me through Mm -hmm. a loop. But when another thing and I, I know that I'm focusing on Neil because maybe it's just because i'm i'm so like firmly on the side of he is the key to this entire movie and i feel like understanding him a lot more it'll unlock something in this movie for me that i don't know yet right he's sitting down with the protagonist when they first meet well when the protagonist thinks that they first meet and they go through this whole thing about do you want something to drink oh i'll take seltzer water or soda water or something like that and he's like no you're not you're going to have a diet coke and it's funny that you mentioned Bond movies because that's the feeling mm-hmm. that I got up until the mid part of this movie. I was like, this is like a right. Bond movie. And I right. thought that Neil was going to be some type of villain because villains in all Bond movies, they do their homework on whoever it is that they're opposing. So, of course, he's right. going to know that, no, you're not going to drink that. You're going to have a Diet Coke. Who are you, who are you kidding here? Mm-hmm. It was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. And you go through the rest of this movie and it's, again, funny that you say Bond because I got a really big bond feel from this movie like and i kind of feel bad for um idris alba who's going to be a black bond but it's like no you you did this first something else that i wanted to bring up um john (laughs) john david washington you close his Mm -hmm. eyes he sounds exactly like his dad hmm 
His father was Denzel. Oh, if you close your... Yeah, if you close your eyes. Okay. Yeah, if you close your eyes, he sounds exactly like his father. It's very... Oh my God, you're right. It's funny because when he was like, he made his billions and gas. Like I heard him say that. I'm just like, why does that sound so familiar? And it's because I could totally hear Denzel saying it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, Hmm. continuing with the thing of jumping all around this movie, a, a couple of things were dropped that I really didn't like. We live in a twilight world and there are no friends at dusk. Is it just a code? Is, is it just a code that these agents say to each other to know that they're friendly, or is there a little bit more meaning behind that? Because mm. I still don't know. Sorry, okay. say that again? So- <laughs> <laughs> I said there's... Oh, sorry. there's- I, I, got, I got stuck on something you said, which, I mean, I already heard... I, I just wanted to go back into the Idris Elba thing. We talked about Idris Elba being Bond. But there's a lot of different things. I'm seeing that Lashana Lynch is confirmed as the new 007 oh, in a James really? Bond film. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm hearing that. I also heard that they were talking about uh, Henry Cavill. Oh, so gee, I'm hearing no. a lot of things thrown back and forth. I thought they said Idris Elba, but that's never been confirmed. Um, it. So they're um, they're they're really okay. Th- never mind. That. I don't know. They're kind of going I'll back and forth back. on it. Yeah, we don't really know. We don't know for a fact there whether or not that's true. Okay. But anyways, like I was saying, there's, there's a couple of lines scattered throughout this movie. We live in a twilight world and there are no friends at dusk. Mm-hmm. We hear it a couple of times and I've been... And I was twilight, I just got that now. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I know. It's kind of on the nose. I didn't even think about it's that until of, you said it and I'm like, oh, come on. It is on. kind of on the nose. It is kind of on the nose. I, the whole way I was like, is this, is this just a code that these agents are saying to each other to like, hey, we're well, yes. friendly, or is there yes. a little bit deeper meaning behind it that we just don't know yet? Or well, that, there or might that be we more didn't pick to up it. on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's, there's no question that was their, their code to say things like that. But um, is there more is the, is the question. Yeah, they're really, they're very well, could be. So we'll see. Again, we'll, I say we'll see because I really feel like there has to be a sequel to this or a prequel to this. It's going to explain more. Hmm. So, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we're going to get the answers to a lot of our questions by watch. I mean, we'll, get, we'll, we'll have a better understanding of what's happening here to a point, but I feel like there has to be some more made in order for us to really get what's going on here. I, I don't see him leaving us completely in the dust, hmm. in the dark rather. Mm, so maybe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see more. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so a lot of, a lot of interesting things there. I mean, there's the whole thing about the, the name tenant, like it's called tenant and it opened up a couple of doors and, you know, just so and that it was basically a new, a new line like that to basically open up some doors and get people to understand that you're there for this, that, and whatever. I got that. Um, but so I'm surprised they called it tenant. <laughs> okay. So Elizabeth Debicki. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that Nolan cannot do, it's characters. And if there's one thing he's even <laughs> worse at, it's female characters. Yeah, I'll give you that. This woman at the end of the movie completely fumbles the ball, but everything is just yeah. okay. That's one big problem that I have with this movie. Like her, her task was... It gets, it, it gets lost a little bit, but her task was you have to wait for the precise moment to kill him, and she does mm-hmm. not do that. She lets her emotions get the best of her. Right. And her reasoning behind this is, oh, well, I knew you would figure everything out. What? How? What? You knew that everything would just work out? Really? Mm. You can't think of a better way to work around that? Just okay, something small. Maybe I'm I'm alone in that one. Fine. Um, no, no, I I, I agree. That's that's why I need a second viewing. <laughs> I was like, something something else has to be here. Okay, and another thing about her. So I'm under the impression from watching this movie that so her husband is holding her hostage, or holding her hostage by proxy of her son. Because she messed up on an art deal and she doesn't want her career to be destroyed because she couldn't spot a forgery. 
Am I right. getting that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I rewatched, I watched up to shortly past that part to understand what was going on. And I'm like, okay. And it, and it made a lot more sense to me. The whole point was she um, misappraised um, that painting. And that would be a real big deal. So he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to report it to the authorities." She, okay, you know, okay. If she missed, blah, blah, she blah. missed, a, she missed appraised it, or she couldn't spot that Miss, it was a fake. No, I think she misappraised it. Okay, and that was a okay. big thing. Like she purposely misappraised it. She purposely misappraised it to, to try to bankrupt him, right? Or try to, I, I, I yeah, make I think him so. look bad in front of his peers. I think that was the plan. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I got from it. That's what I understood. So I think that's why it was a matter of like, oh, she did that, and then whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got out of it. Okay. But, and and and, yeah, and, I, and further on, it further made on, some more fur- sense. Further on on that line, why stick a fake painting in a vault? I I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, because maybe I don't know because obviously he needed that building for what he was doing with the turnstile in the middle of it. So it was just a front to explain why he was going to that vault. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. You know, why would he go to that vault? Well, because he needed that. All right. In order to do the turnstile thing. So. Okay. So. That was my get, understanding. I, I want to get I want to get a little bit deeper into it. When did you realize that? Uh, Hmm. I'll just come right out and say it. When did you realize the time was being manipulated? Um. When did I realize that time was being manipulated? For example, right, in, I right in the first right in the first scene with at the opera house where he's okay, looking at the wall that, and okay. Oh, when he's looking in the wall, and oh, when, when the he's, wall well, not, not not the wall. Well, not even no. When he's looking, when he's he's being like he's fighting with somebody, and he sees the the bullet hole, and then okay. Neil Neil there's you know catches the bullet and then runs off. Okay, then I'll reframe the question. When did you realize that this inversion thing extends to people? Mm, I don't recall. I mean, okay. I'll, the, the I'll, first thing that pops in my head is when they were fighting in the. In the vault there, but I know there was there was something else before that. I think the scene where okay, so the first is when they're on the highway, and the car flips right, and it flips backwards, and then it's right, oh, and it's just moving backwards. That's later on. That's later that's, on, though. That's okay, after they. I'm, I'm talking about before yeah. that. Before that scene, especially with the protagonist, the mm-hmm. protagonist in this movie. I believe that we're watching this movie from two different perspectives. We just don't know when they are exactly. Right. Like there's no, right. there's no, there's no camera trick or identifier to let you know you're watching him move backwards. You're watching him move forward. You kind of got to figure that out for yourself. The first time I picked up on that was when they're about to initiate the first, you know, big chase scene, and he gets out of the car and he gets onto a fire truck. His movements are very odd. When that's happening, that's when I figured it out. Yeah, that's no, that makes sense. There's a lot of things that are just like, okay, that's kind of a given. But yeah, the, the biggest thing is some of the obvious ones there. But and then later on, it, it was really weird. Later on, when they're on the ship and they mm-hmm. come to an agreement about the heist, about mm-hmm. stealing, I, I think they come to an agreement about the heist. So <laughs> the protagonist gets really curious and he starts sneaking around and he's like being all spy and like sneakish and he oversees, um, I'm blanking on his name. Help me. Oversees what? He, what's her husband? I'm blanking on his name. Oh, um, Seder. Seder. Yes. He yeah. stumbles across him and he's opening, you know, one of those crates that they pulled out from the ocean and it's one of the pieces of the algorithm and they drag mm-hmm. him in the room, and it's the question, who are you? That, that, that mm-hmm. stuck with me for the rest of this movie. It was very deliberate. The, the line right. right there was like, who are you? Like, are there two of them on the boat? Are there two uh. of them like, on, on, on his yacht right now? And it's just like, or is he the only one? And, and think, because his, it, hmm, it's really hard for me to explain. 
just the way that the, yeah. the way sometimes the way sometimes that this character moves around is very odd and it's almost like he's going through things blind but then at the same time you see him and he's going through things and he has complete knowledge of what he's doing it's very right. weird i agree I agree. Okay, good. Because that's what made that's what made me very confused. And I mean, you mentioned right there that he has issues with character development, but not to this degree. So it's most no. likely intentional that we're yeah. seeing different versions of the character, and he's been doing it so so well that he's able to, you know, to basically kind of go back and forth. And yeah, uh, no, I get it. So I agree. I thought the end of the chase scene was also really clever, where you have. Mm. Elizabeth and her husband there and they're they're on one side of the glass panel and the protagonist is on the other side of the glass panel and they have to they they have to reverse the speech so that they can understand each other I thought that was really clever I thought that was really really cool and before everything happens you know something is up because he says I want to know everything that happens in detail tell me everything that happens exactly as it happens which Mm -hmm. was was just great I got nothing else to say about that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was definitely kind of going back and forth. And when I was watching it, I had to have, have it uh, turned down kind of low because you know how movies are, especially when you have surround sound, the way the audio is. Like when the music picks up and it gets loud and it's like a chase scene or gunfighting and stuff like that, it gets super loud. And my kids are upstairs sleeping. So I had to have subtitles on and keep it relatively low. So a lot of the time, that. I was, a lot of the time, I had to. I had to rewind. Um, the conversation between between him and Priya in the beginning, um, because I had no idea what she was saying, and I'm like, okay, they said tenant, I heard tenant, okay, now I got to go back again. I'm like, oh, now I got to go back and get and put ca- uh, captions on. Okay, all right, now I'm understanding this better. So that's something that I know that I should have done because I was I was lost with a lot of the dialogue. There were there, there are was some in, yeah there are some inaudible parts in this movie, and it's it's. On purpose. I have no doubt that mm-hmm. it's on purpose, and I should have turned the subtitles right. on, and I never did. It's why, Ooh, dude. It's... If you put the subtitles on when the guy is explaining the vault and how that works, that's really, really helpful. Because when you're seeing everything, it's it, it, when you watch the movie, he's very muffled on purpose because of the music and everything else. But the mm-hmm. subtitles actually give you a lot of what he's saying, so that helps. I thought that was yeah. that was pretty interesting. Like I even though he, done you, that. It's, he's like inaudible, like you said, it's actually they were able to pick it up and put it in the subtitling. So that was good. Um, I got to say, the, so when I first watched the movie, I only took two notes. Okay. Um, one of them was I liked that they're, the instruments, they were playing backwards music yeah. during the backwards things. I thought yeah. that was a very nice um, audible effect. The other one, I just said cheese grater. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like of all the fight scenes I've ever seen, that was the most cringeworthy. It was yeah. He's, he he's punching a guy with a cheese grater in a that's, way where he's basically grating the guy's fists and face. That's gonna hurt. And I that's was like, really gonna hurt. Oh, like that is so much worse than anything. Like you were just shaving this guy's skin off. Oh. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that that freaked me out quite a bit. But I was like, wow, like. He's not pulling punches in this fight scene, like, at all. Like, literally, he's not pulling punches. And it was uh, just that whole scene was really, really cool where they go in there and he's almost, like, allowing them to kind of put him in a bad spot so it looks like he's being overtaken by them. And mm-hmm. then as soon as they, like, he, like, gets there and they put they put his hand down, he's going to, like, tenderize the guy's hand, right? <laughs> as, as soon as he's ab- they're about to do that to him, he just, like, breaks loose and just takes them out in the most ridiculous fashion and she's sitting there like I don't want to see him get hurt I don't want to see this happen and he just comes walking out fixes his jacket and then the driver who's clearly upset just like turns on the car and takes off like oh uh oops (laughs) boss is not gonna like this and then they go off and she's like huh you are full of surprises you know It, it, it was yeah cheese grater that's my favorite note of anything because it was just such a like wow, that just blew me away. Yeah, hang on, interesting. I'm up so, right now. okay, um, yeah, I I think that the way that they showed him training, like he he would now and again just sit there, and when he had downtime, he was working out. I'm like, that's a really really good um, detail to keep in there. You know, obviously this guy is not just walking around, riding in cars, hopping on boats. Like, he keeps himself active, and we're seeing that 
almost brings that that um, element of like we were talking about the Martian, where we're seeing a lot of the downtime type things, um, where it's like, what's he doing during his downtime? Well, he's keeping himself up. You know, he's mm. he's hanging out there waiting at the um, at the the windmill there, and he's climbing up the ladder and doing these you know crazy pull ups and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then later on, we see him grabbing onto the side of something, pulling himself up and working out. I'm like, okay. You know, that's terrifying. It, that's terrifying that he's doing pull-ups that high up in the air. Like, this well, is, I mean, that's that's more motivation to not fall, right? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a height problem or anything, but I'm still. I'm at the same time. I'm not gonna, you know, climb a ladder and just dangle myself over the side of it and start doing pull-ups. That just seems. Oof. Okay, so I have a question. I have another question for you, um, and because I only because I really don't have an answer. So we've established in this movie that. Like we what like like it's bleh. we've established in this movie like is established in every time travel movie that you really can't change the past you can't change the future what happened happens right mm-hmm. so why go through the trouble of at the end of the movie we see these two teams one team moving forward one team moving backward and it's another pincer and the idea that they're hidden from each other in these shipping crates. It's explained that you're hidden from one another because you might see something that will make you react a certain way, and we don't want that. Why go through that trouble if you can't change anything? Why would it yeah, matter? I, I, right. <laughs> That's my question. I really don't understand I, that. Why would it matter? It, it, it wouldn't, because the end result is going to be the same no matter if you see the person or not. Or if you right, see and that kind of makes not. me think, it, it, I mean, we can go back to the my, my Back to the Future 2 issue, which is the way they ended the first Back to the Future is like, Marty, you got to come back with me. It's your kids. We got to take care of your kids. You know, like, um, okay, something's got to be done about your kids. Well, okay, so they go in the future, and they change something in the future. And then they go back to their normal time and live their lives again. So all they did was make it a requirement that a younger version of themselves has to go into the future to fix this thing from happening. Why don't you just write yourself a note and ground your kid that <laughs> night so he doesn't go out? Like, yeah. oh, that would have solved the entire thing, And it, but then then you wouldn't have the entire movie, right? I guess. <laughs> you, would ha- you would have zero plot to make a movie with. So that was the big thing about that. When they made the first Back to the Future, they didn't plan on making any sequels. It was just a joke that they said to be continued. Um, or did they not? I don't, either way, the thing is that they, no, they didn't say to be continued. They just kind of left it at that big cliffhanger and that was where they were going to leave the thing. But people, so many people loved the movie and were asking like, we need to see this movie. Like they were writing into the studio saying, we want to get some more. Um, but yeah, how do you, how do you work with that? How do you work with such a, a weird, you know, maybe today somebody could have come up with some kind of explanation for it. You know, why change something in the future if it's just going to happen again anyway? Okay. Yeah, why know. try to fix something if it's just going to lead up to, you know, you know what the outcome is going to be. So what's the point? I think, And that's the big hmm. thing about any time travel. Like, what is the point? I think the big... You know, unless, big you're, part- unless you're going back in time trying to fix something, you can't fix things in the future. You can change things in the past, which affects your present. Well, I think it goes to a conversation that was had in this movie, and that's the grandfather paradox. They do have that conversation mm. in this movie, which I really appreciated. They addressed they it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they ignored it at the same time. Mm-hmm. In a couple in a couple of different places. I can't pinpoint when they do. Okay, so here's one. They do things that are unnecessary. I think they just do them because it looks cool. One of them is mm-hmm. One team blows up a building. No, one team moving back. So let me restart. There's a building that's in rubble. Yes. And while one team is moving, the building comes back, but then the other Mm -hmm. team just destroys it again in a split second. Yeah. And I don't understand Uh, why that was done. I don't know either. (laughs) It did not (laughs) look like like that served any purpose. I mean, I could understand if somebody stuck in there. Yeah, maybe he just wanted to be, you know visually creative again it just looked like another scene out of inception you know flipping streets around and stuff like that so i was like okay uh whatever (laughs) i don't have a problem with being creatively well i don't have a problem with creativity in a movie like this i really don't but when you're making a movie where you know people are going to pick apart every detail maybe save those creative points for places where it's actually going to mean something because honestly to me that scene was meaningless Mm -hmm. 
didn't didn't really add up to anything. Yeah, man, I don't. This is a hard again. One. I don't know. I don't know where else to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either. I mean, like I said, the best notes I had were were, were cheese grater and backwards music. Um, it, it was just this movie is very very odd, hard to explain, and that's why I'm really hoping that. I don't think we missed so much in the, you know, the viewing that we had or the viewings that we had. I, I, I feel like he's not done telling this story and there's more we're going to get eventually. And I if that's the case, take. I'm very happy to see that. What? I have a different take on this movie as a whole. So I know you liked Interstellar. I did not. One of the reasons why I didn't mm-hmm. like Interstellar because it was very heavy handed in explaining everything. Matthew right. McConaughey is going to go through event. It is explained mm-hmm. to him before he goes through event. He goes through event, mm-hmm. and then it is explained to him after the event. And that mm-hmm. happens throughout the course of that film. It's, mm-hmm. It was a heavy criticism of that movie. I think mm-hmm. Nolan saw that and doubled down and just made it. That's what I think, he, too. Exactly. I think he doubled down, and he wanted to make a film that left a lot to the imagination. Right. I think that, too, but I think... <laughs> this goes against like you know damned if you do damned if you don't right it's yeah exactly no, ma- no matter what happens it's people are going to have an issue with it either you you spoon feed people or you starve them and i think in this case he definitely starved us you know for some information there so but i'm using that as an opportunity like i said this may be wetting wetting our appetites for something that's going to give us some more whether it just inspires other people to make something else that's along these lines in those in that realm or that that thought that school of thought when it comes down to like what time travel should look like um, mm-hmm. if it was done in a film or it really will lead up to some type of prequel or sequel thing. I know I've said it like seven times already, but I'm kind of yeah. hoping that they do so because because it, it, otherwise it would be a very missed opportunity for him. Um, it just uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I really enjoyed the movie, but. You know, I'm going to sit on it for a while. I'm going to chew on it for a little bit and just kind of see how, um, see if I get anything else out of it. Um, but like I said before, I'm like, I like the fact that it's a puzzle. It makes you really think it's beyond the other stuff he's done, even before Interstellar and whatnot. It's definitely beyond that. Because, you mm. know, simple thing in Inception is like, well, is he in a dream or is it reality? I don't know. Is that is that top spill, still spinning or did it fall down? We don't know. It's a know. simple it, question. It, it's a very simple question. It's a simple question. question movie. And, and it's the very end of the movie we have a question. This movie yes. has so many questions. And so that's where I'm kind of like, hmm, missed opportunity if he doesn't do something else. But I like the fact that I have something to think about between now and exactly. that my thoughts, my final thoughts on the movie, this is either going to become a cult classic or it's going to be one of his greatest failures. It's, it's, it's one or the other. And I think it's going to take a lot of time, you know, to have a definitive answer on that. I'm not ready to stay. I'm not ready. To, well, I personally think it's one of his best films simply because of the way that he uses time travel. I think he's done it better than any other time travel movie that's out there right now. I, hmm. I love it. I love how I, I said this before at the beginning. I love how narrow it is. You don't need to you don't need to go extreme with it. It can be very simple and at the same time very effective. And this was another thing that I'll say this again. I think Neil I think understanding Neil and his background is the key to understanding this whole movie. And if the theory that he is the child in this movie, Max, that makes a whole lot more sense, especially at the ending where he says, you and I, this is the blooming of a wonderful relationship. We're going to have an mm-hmm. amazing friendship. We go on a lot of adventures together. Well, guess what? Now I want to see all of those adventures. Mm-hmm. In, in, in a movie, it's, and it's so, it's so weird because we also mentioned that Nolan does not do a very good job flushing out his characters. He, made Neil, he made Neil incredibly compelling with a whole bunch of answers that I want. It's right. so it's 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 a it's a weird place to be in right now, man. I don't. Yeah, we haven't we haven't been able to watch a movie like this in a very long time. It's been a so long it, it's time. funny because like like you said, how much you didn't like how it was spoon fed to you in Interstellar and just like, here you go. Here's everything. And, and we're going to know. 
but it might as well just put, you know, a narrator over the entire thing. And it's like, and he's thinking this and, <laughs> you know, but, you, you know, I think this is the movie that you've been waiting for for a while, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I th- we've been something looking for something on. to discuss where we're, where we're not just sitting here saying one of us is right, one of us is wrong. It's like, no, we can actually kind of go back and forth. And I, I'd actually like to revisit this movie in a few Absolutely. months and see Absolutely. how we feel about it. And Absolutely. and just say, hey, do we have any new ideas? Do we have any new thoughts about it? And see if it if it's like struck us in a different area. Um, so yeah, if you're down for it, I think we should totally like plan plan for that. I absolutely think we should plan for you know to watch this a couple of more times and then do an update in a few months because yeah, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that there are things in this movie that we both missed. I'm mm-hmm. convinced that there's more that meets the eye. I'm absolutely convinced Definitely. and. I don't think any movie, I don't think any movie should be judged on one or two viewings. I think, especially mm-hmm. a movie like this where there's so much detail and there's so much to chew on, right. you need multiple viewings in, in order to be able mm-hmm. to judge it properly. So yeah. that being said, I don't know. I really don't know where else to go with this one. Yeah, I, neither do I'm, I. I'll, I'll I'll repeat it. I think this is either going to be one of his greatest movies, or it's going to be, or it's going to be just a failure that's remembered as a mess. And mm. I really don't have an answer to that yet. I haven't made a decision. So far, mm. I like this better than anything else that he's done, especially Interstellar. Mm-hmm. I think this is miles ahead of when Interstellar was. Right. Right. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I'm, I'm excited to um, get some more opportunity to kind of dig into it um, and just kind of, and yeah, just revisit and, and see if we have some, some new theories um, if we, if we picked up on some little, little Easter eggs or some little, little tiny details that kind of explain more about it. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm again, I really enjoy the fact that we have a puzzle here and not just, here you go. Here's this movie. Oh, cool. I like, I like that. Or, Hey, I this- like how, I mean, we, we get that already when we talk about star Wars or, or MCU, like, here you go. Here's everything. There's not much question about it it's more just like what do you think about this what do you think about that but here it's like okay what's actually happening there's so one other I thing like the fact that we have a puzzle there's one other thing that i'll say before we uh, start wrapping up mm. and again i'm blinking on her name i apologize the indian woman that priya the, the protagonist mm-hmm. talk priya mm-hmm. i got the feeling like she was intentionally lying mm-hmm in the in both scenes where we see her and then at the end where he finally shoots her in the head I get the feeling like there's a lot more information there than was given to the audience on screen. You know yeah. what I mean? There was, there was, mm-hmm. there's, she, she's just that kind of, well, I can't even say that because we already established that Nolan and characters is kind of iffy, but it just mm-hmm. the, her dialogue the, and the, it was almost like she was trying to lead the protagonist down a certain road without explicitly telling him you need to do this, that, and the other thing. Right. Well, obviously, obviously, she knew the 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 word tenet, you know, and yes. it was all so she clearly knew more of what was going on, and it was all connected in, in one way or another. And the and, information you know, one thing you'll also you'll you'll the notice as well she... is the entire time that um, Neil Neil knew what was going on. You notice he didn't shoot anybody the entire time. He was going around just like, hey, hey, shh, I got a gun on you. Shh, be quiet. Or no, no, mm-hmm. hey, don't let it get cold. I actually thought that was a great line. When he when he had the guards in the in the guard room, and his line is like, "Hey, don't say anything." He just goes, "Don't let it get cold." So the guy's like, basically, go ahead, keep eating your dinner. <laughs> that 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 reminds me of something. Okay, so when the protagonist is first inverted, and he goes mm-hmm. to the whole car sequence, and he mm-hmm. kind of pulls it off successfully, mm-hmm. he's burned. Well, yeah, fire is set to the car, mm-hmm. but. Are elements inverted because he ended up with hypothermia? <laughs> uh, hmm. You remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he woke up and he had a thermal blanket around him, and he's like, "You had hypothermia. That's what happens." Like, wait a minute, what? Mm. So that, that's well, just hmm. that's just another idea that can be played with. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Really good thought. Really good thought. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for me. Yeah, that's um, it for me too. I think I think yeah. this is I think this is done. We def- we're definitely going to have to revisit this in a few months cuz Yeah. 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 
All right. Well, well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, if you have some theories, some thoughts you want to throw our way, feel free to reach out. You can message us directly on our Facebook. That's Black and White Productions 2019. Um, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. If you know us Dr- personally, you can, give you us can a call, always, a text, or whatever. You can always, yeah, you, and if you have something lengthy you want to discuss, we'll uh, bring it up on the show. If you want to drop every, well, if you want to drop us an email, it's blackandwhitecommentaries at gmail.com. Perfect. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. Bye.